I feel like as I've grown to love people more and gone to God for love for more people, then I've been able to see men in a different way and to actually care for them. Hi, I'm Gerilyn, and welcome to Old Maid, a podcast about living a faithful single life in a very married church. Today we'll chat with Kyla. She's in her late 20s, and she's a missionary working with youth in Thompson, a community about 800 kilometers north of Winnipeg. Kyla and I met in Bible school several years ago, where we bonded over our mutual love of imagination, adventure, and naming inanimate objects like cars. Her car is Amelia the Water Beetle, my car is Strawberry. Kyla was very open about her struggles with singleness and her desire for a relationship. I really appreciate her story, and I think she gives some really good advice near the end. I was a pastor's kid and homeschooled grade four and up, so very much a part of the, I don't know, it was a solid home. I not I know not every pastor's family is a good family or every church is a good church to be a pastor's kid, but in my home, it was good and it was solid and I knew my parents loved me. And so that was a blessing. Learned about following God when I was young. I assumed that I would be married pretty young, like Okay, my family, I'm the oldest, and three generations, my great-grandpa had my grandpa when he was 22, my grandpa had my dad when he was 22, and my dad had me when he was 22. So I assumed that I would just carry on this tradition and have my own kids when I was 22, and that obviously did not happen. Yeah, so I just kind of figured that that's what life would be like. And then my parents met each other at Bible college, and our youth pastors did, so I assumed that going to Bible college, that somehow that would happen. And it did not. <laughs> Which that is, is where right. that's where we met, of course, was at Bible College. Uh, and there was definitely the joke there of it being bridal college, but yeah. that didn't happen for me either. Yeah. Even though all around us the <laughs> they were dropping <laughs> like flies. <laughs> I made it out unscathed. Yeah. Did you ha- did you have single female role models when you were young? My one auntie at this point it was she seemed very old. She was married when she was 27. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so old. No. Um, when I was younger, that seemed old. So, like, she was a part of my life and I appreciated her. Otherwise, I guess I had some youth leaders, which probably they would have liked to be a part of my life more than I wanted to be a part of their life, I think, some of them. But I have, there are a few people that are still single now and I can see them. Tell me a little bit about what led you to being single now? I know that's kind of an abstract question, but what I have in mind is sort of tell me what your life journey has been like in relation to singleness for the last few years. Well, the very blunt answer is I've never been on a date. I've never been asked out and I've never asked anybody out. So that's a very like blunt, (laughs) like small answer. But I've often been on the end with guys where I've liked them and they haven't liked me. And that has kind of about two and a half years ago was where that kind of There was one person I'd liked for like three and a half years and there was nothing. And finally, I was able to break free from that. And so now at this point, I'm kind of at the point where I'm just tired of it. And I'm tired of liking people and having them not like me back. So I'm just going to chill and not do that. Doesn't always work quite like that. 
But I think now my mindset is better in relation to guys. I think at one point I would have very much, I want to be their friend or I can see them and it's only their potential. What could I marry them or could I not? Or would I even be interested in them or would I not? And I wouldn't even pursue a friendship with people that that wasn't a chance. So that was probably until maybe five years ago or four years ago. And now learning to be healthy and how to love people and not, that isn't all that there is to a guy is their relationship potential, learning to love them as a brother and as a friend. Yeah. So I think that's been a big part of even my journey in singleness is learning how to love people and yeah, honor them for who God has made them to be. I, I don't think that you would be an anomaly in that way. <laughs> I, I, I suspect that um, you're looking at guys as either potential dates or not potential dates and therefore not worth <laughs> your time is probably oh. a bit of a problem particularly among probably among younger less mature women who don't have as much experience have you ever given any thought to where that might have come from mm. i think part of it was just a lack of love in my heart and i don't know like i feel like as i've grown to love people more and gone to god for love for more people than i've been able to see men in a different way and to actually care for them but no i haven't thought about it much more than that Maybe there is no more, nothing more to it. And I'm sure every person is going to be different for their, their reasons or whatever. Well, and I guess I didn't have a lot of good male friends growing up either. I wasn't, I had, there was a few that I'd go to youth group with that I knew, but I wouldn't, didn't spend a lot of time with a lot of different guys. So that could also be a part of it in that I didn't know how to be a friend really because I never had. Yeah, that would make sense too. What are some of the opportunities that singleness has given you? I really like my job and I really love the youth that I get to work with. And the fact that I can have people come over at midnight and hang out for a few hours if I need to, or I can be busy at all hours of the day if I want to. And I don't always want to because I need time alone too. But just the freedom to hang out with people last minute or to spend yeah time together with people and to love the youth whenever I want to. I think that freedom has been a big benefit. The chance that I can go and see my family multiple times a year if I want to. If I was in a relationship or married, then that might look different. Those are good opportunities I've had. I, I take it that your job requires you to be fairly flexible on time? Yeah. And mostly evenings. I'm busy probably four evenings a week mm -hmm. for work. And then my afternoons are my free time. Um, what have would you say are the challenges of being a single woman? I desire a relationship. Um, I... Thinking back to my work and the youth that I work with, I would love to be able to show them what a healthy relationship looks like and to be an example. That's something I would really desire for them and I'm not able to do right now. Financially, it would be really nice to have two people paying for a house or getting groceries. Like there's a lot there where that's a challenge. I really desire the physical parts of marriage and that stuff too. And that is not able to be met right now. And that is okay. But yeah, I... <laughs> I wonder sometimes if if people who if I think about the the um my my non-Christian friends and sort of the the way that they approach uh romantic relationships I wonder if they would be surprised how long you can go <laughs> without <laughs> without physical intimacy Yeah <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I definitely have that desire, too. And I, I mean, it's just sort of an inborn desire. Well, I, 
I suspect, however, that like because it's gone unmet for so long, it gets to a degree dulled or starved off a little bit. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing, so then you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like the yeah, yeah. You don't feed the machine, so the ma- machine slows down a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I'm completely out to lunch on that. I don't know. <laughs> you mentioned desiring a relationship. For me, my experience for desiring a relationship comes with a lot of emotional pain. Has that been your experience? And and if so, then how have you dealt with that? I don't know. I think most of my emotional pain has been when I have liked somebody and they have liked somebody else and learning to let go there. There's definitely times where there's the worries, like, could every, anybody ever like me? Or am I just unlovable? Or whatever, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I normally... If this is my life, I just settle into it and I don't think always about what I'm missing. Actually, uh, I think about it, but I don't, maybe I don't dwell on the painful parts of it as much because I tend to ignore pain. So if that would be hard, then I just don't think about it, maybe. Mm. Isn't always a good thing either. Yeah. Is there kind of one thing that has stuck with you? Like, oh, this must be the reason that, that they don't like me back. I know for me, when I was younger... I was always like, oh, it's because I'm not pretty enough. And now I'm older. I don't think that necessarily anymore. But that was the thing when I was young. Hmm. There would be the worry probably too about looks or whether I'm just not pretty enough or healthy enough or fit enough or stuff like that. I think those would be lies that I would, I notice and I try to not work through and I try to just love my life for who I am and be honoring God. Those would definitely be there. One of my problems has been loneliness. Is loneliness an issue for you? Yes. Yeah. Do you live alone? I do now. I had a roommate for a while. I've had a few different roommates. The one actually left to get married in spring. But I think the loneliness was maybe doubled by the fact that I didn't really have any close friends here in Thompson. I've been here five years. And since the first six months, now in the last since fall, I've had friends again. So it's been a long time with like, Yeah, a lot of loneliness or ignoring loneliness and learning what to do with it. Um, I think there's times where I'll just ignore it and settle into Netflix or whatever reading or whatever to avoid the feelings. Although other times I think it has taught me to go to God with it and to grow a lot closer to him than I would have otherwise as well. Mm -hmm. You said within about the last six months, you've finally started a bit of a friend, gotten a bit of a friends group started. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that that because like new people moved into your social circle or what happened? It takes me a long time to become friends with somebody. I guess that's just adult life though too. But now the one person that was my roommate, we hardly hung out while we were roommates. But now her and her husband have me over regularly and... They called me their designated friend if they don't have anybody to do anything with. And I'm a person that gets called. So, and then, so, like, she's been here for a few years, but we've only gotten close now. And another friend that did move in recently as well. Okay. There's maybe a mixture of a few different things. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that I'm... (laughs) Talked about your friend, like, moving out to get married. My my roommate is my brother, and he just got engaged. (laughs) So... Uh, yeah, I'm going to lose him soon. <laughs> or, or rather, he's going to lose me. Uh, <laughs> so so that it's, it's come back to the forefront of my mind recently because for, for the time that I lived with him that I haven't really been lonely because we, we hang out. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. 
so I've been sort of exploring like, well, how do I, you know, set up a home, a home life for myself that is not going to be lonely, you know, despite being single. So my married friends tell me that getting married is not the cure for loneliness. She probably heard as well. I really enjoy being alone. So I, there's times where it's like, oh, I just wish I had somebody to talk to, but I can enjoy being by myself for a while too. And then that works. So that part of it maybe is easier somewhat too. Yeah. Yeah. You also work with people, Mm -hmm. which I imagine they take a lot of social energy out of you. Yes, that they do. They're great, but yeah. Yeah, even even the best (laughs) people can take it out of you. Now, moving on a little bit to your experience with churches. My own experience has been that churches are geared very much toward the nuclear family, like the the mom, the dad, and the kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, And it's been difficult for me to find a place in the church that feels like that makes me feel like I belong. What has your experience been? There, I guess I've been at really small churches where everybody who is there is kind of necessary and wants to, they want them involved. Mm. So in that way, I have felt a part of it in spite of being single. Like at my home church that I grew up in there, most of my friends are still single as well. And they have a part and I feel like I fit in. And here now in Thompson where I am, for the most part, I feel like I've felt involved as much as I want to be or people have I'm able to lead music with people or I'm able to talk sometimes the one time I was at the ladies bible study and there two people were about to have children so then it was the entire talk was just about birth stories and things and I didn't really need that but otherwise (laughs) I think I felt involved that's good yeah the one time I felt kind of unsure this is just one conversation with this was the pastor at that time there was some talk of having like a young adults group or something to meet and he was talking as if we needed some other adults there for supervision even though we're all adults and there I was like okay just because we're not married we're not able to supervise ourselves so that was the one conversation I've had where I was like that's not doesn't really make sense I guess it depends how young of adults you're thinking of. <laughs> I think he's talking about like 25 to 30 year olds. Oh. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. If they're like 18 year olds, I don't know. Or yet, yeah, it would be okay to have a married couple there that was the same age as us to make sure things were okay. Kind of was the idea. But if we weren't married, then we couldn't. I don't know. Kind of like you're not quite as mature. Yeah. Or is it more like the danger of like... I mean, things sometimes get weird in a big group of single, a mixed group of single adults, <laughs> or at least so I so I hear. I have never had such yeah. a thing at my disposal. But yeah. like, yeah, everyone's hunting in hunting yeah. mode. <laughs> so I guess in that way, maybe me. maybe having a married couple around to keep things. But then I would want them to be older, like much older. Yeah, let them yeah. be the mom and dad of the group kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Are there single people of your age in your church? A few. I'm bad at talking to people sometimes. So there's the one girl that I'm now hanging up with. She is my age. And Mm -hmm. I attend a Bible study with a mixture of singles or newly married people that is from a different church. Okay. So they're able to get some interaction. Do you find that you, you can interact well with people that aren't in your demographic? Like, you know, married couples with kids or older people, that kind of thing? I think so, depending on how, what they are like. On my team that I work with, there there's a mixture. Well, most of them are young kids. The one is getting married now in spring. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that works fairly well for me. If it's with a group of mothers and they're only talking about little kids, then it's okay. <laughs> but not the greatest thing. Otherwise, though, it 
works pretty well. Yeah. How do you look at the future? Are you the kind of person who plans for the future? And does being single, like, complicate that at all for you? I think I'm not a big planner. I have lots of dreams and a lot of things that I would like to do. And some of those could involve being single and some of them don't. Maybe mm-hmm. so. Or it would just look different if I was married or whatever. Um, I think it, the future feels very fluid in that it could go one way or the other. And that might change. Like right now, if I would think about traveling somewhere, I could go with a friend who is also single. And if mm-hmm. she got married, then that would change that because then I wouldn't have somebody to go with right. or whatever. But so a lot of my dreams could happen as I am now or could happen with somebody else. Mm-hmm. If you could speak to younger single women, how would you encourage them or what advice or instructions would you give them? Don't Facebook stalk. Um, <laughs> like, okay, where it became a problem for me was if I had met somebody like once and I knew I was going to see them in the future. And I found out every possible little thing I could on Facebook and invented a whole fake person in my head. Hmm. And then in meeting them, that was the one where I liked somebody for three and a half years. And the person I liked in my head wasn't the actual person that they were. Hmm. It was this perfect man that I had invented. And then that also caused me to change. Even though I wasn't thinking, realizing I was doing it, I started being interested in other things. It's like, oh, I saw on Facebook he had liked this or was interested in that. So it's like, oh, I guess I can too. And that took a while to realize that that wasn't who I was and that wasn't who he was. And that used to be a big thing. And now I've mainly avoided it and has been very good. Yeah. Was this like, was this a scenario where you met this person once and then you only knew them by Facebook or how did that go? Oh, okay. Yeah. I only knew them by Facebook, but I knew I was going to spend time with them in like six months. So it gave me a long time. And that was where I realized this had become a habit in the past with other guys too. And where it was like, this is unhealthy and I need to stop. Mm Mm-hmm. That was learning to fight through it and stuff, but still, it was really hard to... What What made you realize that that wasn't going anywhere healthy? Um, That might have been, at this point, there was a young adult Sunday school class. It was actually led by my dad at that point, but it was really good in that it was... A lot of deeper questions were being talked about, and it was really good, deep questions and deep discussions. And I don't know exactly the aha moment or the moment I realized that that was wrong, but suddenly it just clicked that this was what I was doing and it wasn't right. And did you have to take action to sort of break that habit? Um, I guess I did like tell some friends and had them to pray for me and maybe not specifically about the Facebook stalking part of it, but the mental part of it. Yeah. I don't know if necessarily accountability people, but people anyway that would know and would pray and I could tell them when I was struggling and they would, wouldn't judge me because of it. You're not the first person that I've talked to who has said has had a story a bit like that. I assume that prior to social media there was there was some other version of that kind of story as well. Romance novels. Oh yeah there's another topic we could probably get into. Did you read a lot of romance novels when you were young? Yeah. I read probably half of the church library, so. Yeah, same. I think that might have been one of the reasons why I was so fixated with looks, because who has ever read a romance novel with an (laughs) ugly person in it? And when I say ugly, I mean, I shouldn't even say ugly. I should say average, because I have met very few truly ugly people. And once you get to know them, you never notice that whatever their their feature is that's not pleasant. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but romance novels are generally very idealized in that category. Yeah. Do you think that if you had a teenager, you would let them re- read romance novels? I don't know. I would for sure address the topic. And like that wasn't just wasn't really something that was discussed at home or that part of it. Mm-hmm. I think there would definitely be some limit. I was at one point, I think I would call myself addicted to reading and that I just read so much and I couldn't stop and I needed to read. So at the level where I was reading and the amount, then I think it was probably more of a problem than it might be for the average person. Okay. So I think I would definitely put some limits in. I have sometimes worried that because I have consumed in the past so much, so many romance novels, and then also it's just it's just a theme in a lot of TV and stuff that that my my idea of love and romance is just so far from reality that I'm in for a big shock should I ever you know fall in love which is probably just that's probably an inevitability but was there any other advice or encouragement that you want to add I'd say I guess keep getting to know God and who he is and learning how to put him first in your life because that is going to be the same no matter what and that needs to be a priority. And also get to know yourself and figure out what you actually like and what you don't like. And you won't be as tempted to change to conform to whoever you think somebody like. Oh, if that guy would probably like me if I was like this, and then you're tempted to become like that person, even if you have no idea whether he would or not. Mm-hmm. So learning to know yourself is really important. That brings me kind of to my end of questions. Is there anything else that you think is important to touch on? The one thing I think I have, I guess over the last years, I've thought, oh, I could just minister so much better if I had a husband to minister alongside me, or I could be such a better example to the youth, or I could do this better. And there I have been seeing that if God, God will provide me what I need in order to minister well, and in order to follow him and do the best job. So if I don't have that now, that is because that that would not be the best right now. Mm -hmm. And learning to trust God and his plan in that way and learning. Yeah, I think that's been really good. And yeah, just trusting God. Are you able to give like an example of one of the ways that God has provided what you needed to minister? I think it just looks different than I thought it would. Like I have felt much the call to be a spiritual mother to the motherless and to the people who don't have a strong family relationship. I don't know that I want to be a mother to my own children. Definitely not at this point. Mm -hmm. And they're wishing for somebody that could also be called to be a spiritual father and to provide a good family in that. But now I have seen with some of the youth, it has worked really well and they love me and I can, yeah, I have those deep relationships with them and I didn't need somebody else in order to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I guess the one way God has provided though is the flexibility in doing stuff with people and being able to spend all my time on somebody when I'm with them. That has been a good provision. Oh, and another way learning to trust God is exactly with this person that I did like for a really long time. And had to learn to struggle to not and wondered for the longest time I think I started off just assuming that we would be in a relationship I don't know why I was messed up thinking but learning to struggle with that and struggle with the fact that he didn't like me back and Mm. learning to be okay with that yeah choosing to trust that God knew what he was doing and then now that person isn't following God and isn't serving God and learning that they're actually God saved me from what would have had to be like I would have had to break up with him and looking back now I can see that God rescued me from that and took care of me Mm. and where I can trust that he's also doing that now with these other relationships yeah
Old Maid is written and produced by Gerilyn Butchers. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving me a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That would be a great help. Thank you. You can also follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at Old Maid Pod. Thanks. See you next week.